I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Zina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. The whole crew's here Stan C, Ro Moran, Chino Liao, Ro and ASH all together for an audio only episode. And this is based off another one of those, uh, those comments that we've been getting on our TikTok at Wrestling2XPod. So thank you very much to everybody who's been interacting with us over there. Ro and Ro and do their best every week to populate the feed with content. So thank you so much for being part of our very interactive TikTok feed. Uh, yung pag-uusapan natin for this audio only are 10 face or heel turns that saved careers or turned careers around. Uh, they're primarily heel turns just because based on our knowledge of wrestling history, parang mas naging prevalent yung mga heel turns that really uh, turned around yung trajectory of a wrestler in WWE. So we know that throughout wrestling history, there's probably so much more for the purposes of this audio-only episode. We're gonna keep it to just uh, WWE. Their runs in there. Maybe if nag-transcend outside of WWE, you could probably mention that we'll get to the list in a bit but first let's tell you about how you can keep supporting the wrestling wrestling podcast by being part of our growing patron community well as you know there's no pay-per-view or premium live event happening this month so if you are uh appreciative of what we do here on the podcast if you like what we do right here if you really support us and you know love hearing all the wrestling talk and wrestling content, all you got to do is support the podcast by subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. For as low as $5 or 280 pesos, you get access to our Discord community where we talk about wrestling, sports, other things, good stuff, and where we also do the watch parties, which will be happening in September. Uh, we also uh, get exclusive access to review content, of weekly shows, pay-per-views, live events. Uh, Rowan and, and I have been doing a lot of that covering. 
And then we also have merch, as you guys probably know already. We have a line of merch, uh, our own T-shirts, and patrons get dibs on one of those for free. We also do pasabais uh, from uh, online stores like WWE Shop or Shop AW or Pro Wrestling Tees. You can also get in on that as well. So again, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast for as low as 280 pesos. All right, let's get right to it. Here are 10 heel or face turns that saved careers. We got to start with the tribal chief, the head of our table, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Because in the current era, I think he is the biggest example of somebody who turned heel and it literally changed his career. Because when he was, uh, you know, since, since he's been on the main roster, he's been primarily a babyface outside of that heel run with the Shield. But it wasn't until 2020 when he finally appeared in the pandemic era and started to just wreck everyone and leave, be the tribal chief. Now, people really began to appreciate Roman for the megastar that he would come to be. Yeah, I think this is also one of the reasons why whoever suggested this topic suggested this topic because it's one of the latest, most uh, prominent examples of a turn literally saving somebody else's career. It, it, it is an example that transcends all other examples by the sheer success of it all. Because he'll see Roman Reigns and he still gets people over and he still delivers performances of a lifetime. Just look at that match with Cesaro. That was such a good rivalry. And he brought out the best in Cesaro before he uh, moved to the other brand. So it's example that all because this is just definitely an example that all other wrestlers are held by. But if we're really gonna be pedantic about it, but I mean, like, it's not like his career was in the toilet. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's he, never getting fired by yeah, WWE. Vince, right? So, uh, it's not like he needed saving. But I will say that, yeah, if we're talking about um, careers that were revitalized, yeah, sure, definitely. Roman Reigns turning heel and becoming the head of the table, De- definitely a big win for him there. But yes, uh, everything that Chino said is true. Um, I think it's the biggest uh, example that you could point to, and it's a big argument for uh, really just um, going with the flow and going with what the people kind of want. I know a lot of wrestlers say, if you really want me to turn heel, that will make you cheer for me, and then that will be going against the idea of turning heel. But sometimes you uh, you do need to make that kind of change to save a career or two. So it's good that they did pull it off. Sayang lang that it couldn't have been applied to a guy like John Cena who needed it at the peak of his career. But it is what it is, and Roman is way all the better for it. Of all the heel turns na nangyari, ito lang talaga yung nagustuhan ko. Kasi for years, um, Roman Reigns has been a babyface, and sobrang kulang yung character niya. Parang masyadong robotic when it comes to cutting promos. And the way he carries himself to the ring, parang there's something missing. Kaya when this heel turn happened, na revitalized talaga yung career niya, like what you guys said. And kind of saved my fandom, to be honest. Na parang nawawala na ako ng gana manood ng wrestling that time. And when Roman Reigns started being this tribal chief na parang galit sa mundo and he wants to uh, rule over everyone, parang yun na talaga yung parang best run niya ever. So sinasabi mo ba, Rowan, na uh, kung hindi nag-turn heel si Roman noong 2020, wala ka dito sa podcast? Uh, you already <laughs> asked that question, pero 
Ang masasabi ko lang, maybe hindi ako manonood ng WWE. Like, I would tune into AEW okay. or some other promotion. No, that's good. Um, at least you didn't um, uh, swear off wrestling entirely. Because a lot of people do that, you know. A lot of yeah. people say, oh, hindi na maganda WWE ngayon. So, hindi na ako manonood ng wrestling. So, what the hell? Are you really? <laughs> I mean, hindi naman din. It's not like it's totally unwarranted, diba? Like, things, people can't forgive Game of Thrones because of that bad last two seasons kahit sobrang ganda niya as a whole diba? so parang hindi ko naman din siya in a hold against Rowan na parang na, na disenchant siya with the idea of Roman Reigns not turning heel out no, when yeah. he should have diba? no I mean I, I'm saying that it, it's a good thing that he would at least go to watch AEW instead or something like that diba? ah okay yeah yes naman just people tend to do that they tend to uh, just count everything out yeah. instead of just giving it a chance yeah. diba? so parang but this is neither here nor there. So, you know. One last thing about Roman turning heel. I, I really love um, being able to juxtapose in characters eh, from like their face versions to their heel versions. And uh, what Roman did was very similar to what Jericho did in 08 when he became Suit Jericho, the Anton Sugar Jericho. Na sobrang departure talaga from everything we'd come to know about that character pre-turn. Na it was jarring in the best way because it was really... All the details were put to really hammer home the fact that this is a new character. This is a new version of the person we'd come to know on TV for the longest time. So, um, in that sense, sobrang on the nose yung sinabi ni Rona. This really uh, revitalized Roman's career because it really gave it a different set of legs to stand on. So, that's why uh, parang kung may like, draft pick for top turns that saved careers, the Roman Reigns heel turn would probably be the number one overall pick. Stan is correct. Remember how a few months ago we talked about transformations uh, that saved careers or transformations that worked and didn't work in the WWE? Roman Reigns is like another perfect example for that because they took away everything that we knew about Roman Reigns. Right? They took away his music. They they took yes. away his tactical pants, his vest. They made him look a different way while still acknowledging the fact that this is that same Roman Reigns just transcending into another level. And you know, napakagandang part ito, yung transformation ito, itong turn na to, because you acknowledge him for all that he's accomplished and yet are still in awe of what he is accomplishing right now. Yeah, on that note, um, I do want to say, uh, I do want to credit the fact that it wasn't just the heel turn. It wasn't just the act of turning heel that saved Roman Reigns uh from from whatever hell his career was going to be in, whatever character hell there was. But it was also the writing, and as you mentioned, the presentation. So they really moved away from all of these Vince-isms that kind of uh, held Roman back and really gave the, the keys and the reins to, pun uh, not intended, the, the, the control to someone like Paul Heyman and Roman himself who I think, if I know it correctly, really came up with everything that is uh, the tribal chief, the head of the table. So it was all them. Uh, I think Vince didn't have as much control over this, and that's what made it work, really. So since we talked about Roman Reigns, let's keep it within the bloodline for this next one. This next name, of course, the honorary Oos, Sami Zayn, who entering 2017, he'd been a career babyface up to that point. Uh, from his days as El Generico in ROH to him being the ultimate underdog uh, on NXT. 
um, even your first couple of years on the main roster, he was really just that same guy, that same person. And then he aligned himself with Kevin Owens, became this really annoying heel and hasn't really stopped since, whether as a manager sometime in the last couple of years to right now being uh, an active wrestler again, three-time Intercontinental Champion, uh, going through the conspiracy theorist shit, uh, the current Akna as an aspiring member of the bloodline, I never thought that Sami Zayn could be this annoying, could be this heel-like, and yet here we are. And I, I can't imagine this Sami Zayn turning face again. I mean, it also has done wonders for his physical health because before this, he was very injury-prone. I mean, to a certain extent, that he for months and his career was in question because because of how his his dangerous wrestling style, I guess you could say. Uh, maybe Roe might have a better way of putting it. Yeah, Pero, oh, that's right. <laughs> diba? That's right. Diba? So he's not a safe, quote-unquote, wrestler, right? And 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 that persona lends itself to being the ultimate underdog because he really puts it out there on the line because he's always right? Whereas with this smartly healed persona, he it lends itself to being a little bit more conniving and manipulative and it doesn't allow Sammy to hurt himself as much. And even Sammy himself has gone on record saying that he enjoys playing a heel because it's a different side of his personality that he gets to explore. Because he has been a career babyface. So this heel turn couldn't have come at a better time for Sammy Zayn. Nidaman's unsafe, but more of risky and really yeah. high, high risk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we mentioned at the top of this episode that a lot of these turns on this list are heel turns. And the WWE is that Vince didn't really know how to portray a face, especially if it was a face that he didn't really care that much about. So uh, that's where Sammy pretty much ended up when he got to the main roster, like he was so good in NXT. That's why so many people are Sami Zayn fans is because of how great he was booked as a baby face down in NXT. But when you get to that spot and where Vince doesn't really see much of you, and especially if you're not a body guy, like Sam, uh, like other, you know, more successful Vince McMahon projects are, then you kind of get left in the water. So when you turn heel like Sammy does and, Put much more of yourself and get much more in return. That's when you can say, "Okay, uh, this is really working out," and the heel turn really worked out. So, it's great. Yeah, I understand. Then with with, with uh, what Chena said about um, Sammy enjoying the work of the heel, as someone who turned heel before, uh, it's really great. Uh, you really, uh, it it kind of ends up being a lot more creatively fulfilling. So that's pretty cool, and. Uh, I don't know. Um, for a lot of people, as well as Sammy, naka, when you get that fulfillment, you end up uh, getting a lot more out of your career. And it just sucks that you have to turn heel to get to that. Right? Yeah, actually, that, that's what I thought as well. Because when Sammy was brought up to the main roster, parang maganda sana yung magiging run niya. it was promising, I'd say. Like, ako in expect he would be a US champ or an intercontinental champ. Pero it takes him to be a heel first to get those. Kasi parang mas nagiging kolelat siya as a baby face. Parang nagiging kawawa siya. Like, naalala ko binubugbug siya ni Braun Strowman. Tapos, like, he loses most of his matches. Parang hindi ganung kaganda yung booking niya as a baby face compared when he was on NXT. So, when he had this heel turn, parang na, na revive or na reinvent nga siya. And, 
I, I love how annoying he is kasi parang yun na nga, nagiging effective yung pagiging heel niya. Yeah, the heel stuff ni Sammy, a lot of it is very creative in terms of using what is actually happening in the real world. Kasi remember, when he became the conspiracy theorist, this was at the height of COVID paranoia. Not saying that the pandemic has ended, pero sobrang galing lang the way he was able to use something that was legitimately happening in the real world and then he turned it into his own version of uh, being a conspiracy theorist. Like, if you get it, great, diba? you're on the same intellectual wavelength. But if you didn't get it, you wouldn't have thought na he was taking a shot at flat earthers, anti-vaxxers, and all these other people. This persona lends itself so well to working with non-wrestlers, with celebrities. They've chosen Sammy to work with the likes of Logan Paul. He's like the main guy that they chose to work with. Ah, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville, exactly. That that whole match is also another perfect example, your jackass match, because it lends itself so easily into other aspects of wrestling. It's not just wrestling for wrestling's sake. It's also allow it also allows Sammy to tell a story, which I feel like he's very good at. Let's stick to the Roman Reigns family tree and let's talk about his cousin, The Rock. Uh, because once upon a time, The Rock did enter WWE as a blue chip babyface, somebody who they wanted to uh, really go out there and get the adulation of the crowd and Ang nangyari is that people wanted Rocky to die. So no, from Rocky Maivia, yes. yeah, he he received so much vitriol from the crowd that he eventually turned, became a part of the Nation of Domination, and then became the Rock. And then the rest is history. Chino, ikaw yung pinakamaymalay na during this yes. time in wrestling history. So can you fill in the gaps here? I remember this so well too. And and when you watch interviews of the Rock talking about his early days in the WWE, he will tell you. Now, nobody liked the Rocky by VID. Even he wasn't completely sold on it because it never really got, they never had the opportunity to showcase who he was as a person, diba? He never got the opportunity to show off his personality, his comedy chops, his mic skills. Because the moment he entered the ring with that frilly thing on, the parang tassels na hindi, people immediately were confused. They didn't know what to make of him as a wrestler and as a character, especially in a time when you had other character wrestlers, diba? like the Legion of Doom and, and the uh, ito yung clan gang war era of WWE. You had characters like the Legion of Doom. And you had characters like the Disciples of Apocalypse. And then you had the guy in Tassels. So hindi siya time and he was so smiley and so happy, but nobody was buying it. And then one raw during the end of a particular raw in the 90s, when the nation of domination were just charging the ring, out came Rock the Rock. And you can immediately tell the change in temperature. Because people who didn't buy into Rocky Media immediately bought into the rock. They immediately bought into this Maangas character, this guy in dark sunglasses and a tight-fitting shirt that who, who acts like he's better than everybody. And he was just able to prove it and carry it all throughout his career. Too. Even until now, he you can't even remember Rocky Maivia, but you always remember The Rock. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think it's a matter of people just disliking corny shit. Like, uh, I mean, who does? Who doesn't? Yeah. Um, Rocky Maivia was corny, although I didn't know at the time. I my only exposure to Rocky Maivia was uh, in the video games. And champion with Adam, the pound and TV wrestling TV So I didn't know that people were actually hating him. But I um I guess looking back on it now, um it wasn't completely their fault, but they just underestimated how uh underwhelming the idea could be so and I guess sometimes uh, and it was also a good time for people to really want more edgier characters and I guess Sobro misfire them at the time when that was the wave we know that The Rock did turn face and heel quite a bit during the peak niya as an active wrestler in the Attitude Era. But uh, it doesn't really matter at this point because that character of being The Rock, yung very mouthy, arrogant, uh, electrifying, charismatic personality, uh, it stemmed from that original heel turn when Rocky Maivia joined the NOD or the Nation of Domination. Um, let's go to another faction naman who turned heel a bunch of career babyfaces, or at least Kofi Kingston being a career babyface uh, at the time. Let's talk about the New Day, because when the New Day came together in 2014, nobody knew what uh, Xavier Woods was all about. See, Big E, we'd seen flashes from his run in NXT, from when he was Intercontinental Champion really briefly, or I'm, I'm not sure if that came before, or yung time alongside Dolph Ziggler. Of course, Kofi had already been an established star at that point, but he was was really just middling around in the mid-card, for lack of a better term. So the New Day comes together, and they just turn heel at some point in 2014. And at first, we didn't know what to make of this, but because this was a different type of heel group. Granted, they were doing heel things in the ring, like cheating, distracting the referee, etc. But yung sinasabi nila, yung ginagawa nila was annoying in a positive way. Like they were trying to be cheerful. But meant to irritate you in the process. We have to set the table here first, though. Um, first, uh, Big E was in danger of getting shit canned uh, when the new day started. So uh, we have to set the table and say that, that when they did form, they were uh, put together in this segment where Xavier Woods was rallying them as fellow black superstars. And then they disappeared. They disappeared for a while. And then they came back to WWE TV as preachers, uh, which nobody wanted to see. Because they wanted to see that hard-ass, uh, take-no-shit, militant black guy wrestlers uh, 
who were being formed and then they made this weird stereotypical shift into preachers and then when the new day debuted as preachers talagang must dead in the water before they even uh before they got together than before they got together i mean and uh it took them turning heel and being hypocritical with what they were preaching about the power of positivity and uh showing a lot more personality in doing so that ended up saving their careers. So um, when they were able to show that much personality, they ended up becoming their goofy selves, which got over even more. And if it weren't for the fact that they had to turn back against the original planet, Vince McMahon, or the man who must not be named, as they like to say, uh, they would have been... I don't think they would have been as legendary as they are now. I don't think Kofi would have been world champion. I don't think Big E would have been world champion. I don't think Woods would have been king of the ring and all that stuff that happened. I totally agree because everybody was starting the new day to be the next nation of domination. That was the thing that was going around even before they debuted. And when they appeared, people really couldn't make sense of it all. They didn't understand the choir and the preachy stuff. And they didn't understand it at all. But then, as moments went on, they have the most tag team titles in the history of stables right now. Right? In, in all of those tag team runs, a lot of them were as heels because that's what worked at the time. The counterintuitiveness of you hating on preachers is what they played on throughout that run because they understood the assignment they were given the spotlight to shine and they just ran with it they just allowed themselves to work the crowds again and again and it works because i hate natinsila i found them very annoying and yet now i cheer for the new day i listen to their podcast and i get super work whenever they come out and do their stick because i am sold by by their personality and their ability to perform because when you think about it, when you think about the New Day's run, they've actually been babyface longer than they were ever heels as a group. Did four or three title runs as No, no. The heel run in New Day was barely a year. And then they turned face right away. Like, it's been so long since they were actual heels. Okay. Stand me corrected. I mean, this whole time was the whole first part of their career being a heel. Yeah. Yeah, they did have to do that. actually quick. Yeah, they did have to do that, like I said, in order to show their personality and be more annoying. Yeah. Nung nabuo yung New Day, actually medyo blind spot ko to eh. Kasi uh, I, re- I do remember, though, the, yung parang nire-recruit sila ni Xavier Woods and then they disappeared. And then they debuted as Babyface New Day. And then fast forward, naalala ko na lang, parang around WrestleMania season, despite acting as Babyfaces, parang the crowd are booing them. So parang inembrace na lang din nila and then they became heels. Yeah. And, then, and then as far as I remember, parang effective nga yung pagiging heel nila kasi they are being naturally annoying. And ako I myself got work because uh I never seen Kofi Kingston act like that and parang naiirita ako, naiirita ako seeing him act like that because that's not how I knew him before. Yeah, Kofi yeah. Kingston was a perennial babyface. 
up until the New Day run, because people were were just treating him like the Jamaican. That he's a Jamaican. He was typecasted as a Jamaican. Oh, so, any uh, presentation yeah, when he debuted eh? Even if his name is super Nigerian, they called him a Jamaican for some reason. But anyway, neither here nor there. So the fact that they were given this opportunity to, to shine is what I was trying to get at. And it's just an ama- amazing opportunity for the New Day to take the ball and run with it. Uh, one last note on the New Day is what they've done for representation as a whole. The fact that this heel turn led to the super popular group, a group that uh, has continued to exist for almost a decade up to this point, led them all to singles glory and what that does for black representation. And I'm going to take something that the Hurt Business talked about on Table for Three. Nasabi nila na when they came together, people also expected them to be this militant black group, which is what they didn't want to do because that had been the stereotype for black wrestlers. And the New Day kind of uh, in the new expectation of them they would be this militant black group and I'm actually of the mind I'm glad they didn't appear as this militant black group because it really just allowed them to be more, more themselves and to subvert whatever traditional expectations or stereotypes uh, that existed towards black wrestlers. Now the New Day can just exist as a group of guys who love to have fun, love video games and are just plain goofy and that's okay. But they didn't have to be this militant type of group. Yeah. Exactly. Edraman, uh, let's run out the first half and talk about a face turn. Something that uh, won't really happen a whole lot on this list. Let's talk about Damien Mizdow. And to set the table here, we remember the Damien Sandow character, the uh, savior of the masses. Uh, uneducated, but what, what, what is the term? Savior unwashed. Of the unwashed unwashed masses. masses. Thank you. Comes out in his robe, but tries to act all better than everybody. And then somewhere along the way, uh, stagnant na siya. It didn't help that he'd won money in the bank, wasn't able to cash in successfully. And by 2014, uh, we started seeing him appear as the Miz's stunt double, culminating in uh, that moment at WrestleMania in uh, uh, 2015 during that Battle Royal, where Miz now actually had uh, his moment of victory against the Miz in that Battle Royal before the big show eliminated him. But that was really uh, Damien Mizdow. Um, I, I would say that was the peak of Damien Mizdow where people were actually cheering for him to finally turn on the Miz and establish himself as more than the Miz's stunt double. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you said, um, Damien Sandow was lost after he didn't get to win the championship after cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase. And they just didn't have anything for him. And he was he, for a while, he was stuck doing this weird gimmick where he tried to impersonate people that's what people do when they get lost they end up yeah. doing, they end up in person that's what happened to charlie hostima yeah curtis axel didn't he do the same gimmick curtis axel did yeah yeah, yeah. so um he stumbled into the the stunt double thing for damon for the miz and then that pretty much saved his career. It didn't really save him, save him in the same way that a lot of people on this list were saved. Uh, he didn't get to become world champion after all. He didn't get to have a main event uh, run in WWE, but it did get him over. And in the business, uh, over is really important. I say, uh, for as long as you're over, you are relevant. And when you're relevant, you're getting paid. And when you're getting paid, that's what really matters most. And um, for a guy who was stuck in mid-card limbo, uh, really finding something that really works for you is uh, a winning moment. Ang pangit lang though is that when he got over, 
with the fans. Uh, bumalik ulit siya sa impersonating uh, a wrestler. So, bum- naging macho man daw siya and started teaming with Curtis Axel who was impersonating Hulk Hogan naman. And then when the Hulk Hogan thing happened, both of them dropped their gimmicks. Tapos parang hindi na sila nagpapakita on TV. That's I mean, it's not their fault that Hulk Hogan's sex tape came out. Yeah. Pero yun nga, it's just sad that yun yung nangyari and hindi naging maganda yung uh, booking niya. And this is what I'm fearing for Madcap Moss who parang nag-team up with some, parang ano siya, sidekick lang. And then, now that he's a single star, baka kung ano mangyari. So, I'm fearing sana hindi mangyari yun kay Madcap Moss. Yeah, I don't really have anything to say about Madcap Moss. That's an entirely different uh, thing. But, I will say, for whatever, however long Damien Mizdow had the spotlight, he maximized it. He got the opportunity to, to showcase what he had. Yung commitment niya of taking a bump outside the ring when the Miz is Oh, that was A+. Ring, plus. The, the, that popped me like crazy. Because nobody ever thought of doing that. But that method actor, he did it to himself. And ang galing don. That's an extra touch that people appreciate. The, the transcending the uh, the ability, transcending the role of a body double into an actual mimic or a clone of the Miz is, is so genius. The you can't tell them apart. They're basically identical, which is so crazy because they look so different. And that is just the level of commitment that this character had. And that is why he went so over. Uh, just unfortunate that things didn't turn out well for uh, for Sandow or Mizdow's WWE career as a whole. Um, uh, last time we checked, uh, he was already happily retired. So, you know, um, whatever... Uh, Aaron Stevens decides to do from here on end. We wish him the best in all of these endeavors. We're going to take a break as we get to the midway point and we'll come back with the second half of our list of turns that saved careers. But first, here's how you can help the podcast through your online shopping over on Lazada. August 15 to 17 on Lazada is a suited swell to sale. So if uh, it is payday after all. So if you're getting anything that you want and need, from Lazada because I hashtag NASA Lazada yan. All you got to do to do that and support the podcast with your online shopping is to use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash IAM, podlink.co slash the letters IAM. Type that in a mobile browser, at the cart, and check out from the app. And what you buy will help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost. And now a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Let's get to the second half of our list of turns that saved careers. Let's talk about Neville now. So, yung Pac character that we see in AEW is basically a continuation of the King of the Cruiserweights character that Neville debuted sometime in 2015, 2016 when he came back. Um, I remember, let's set the table again, when Neville uh, entered the main roster, he was having these singles matches here and there with the likes of John Cena and Chris Jericho. Then one fateful match against Jericho on Raw led to him suffering a nasty injury. I believe it was like an Achilles or heel injury. Uh, shelled him for months. And then when he came back uh, several months later, like right after WrestleMania 32 or something, you know, he showed up with this disheveled, fully bearded look, really angry soon started terrorizing the cruiserweight division en route to a couple of cruiserweight championship runs and basically being the final boss on 205 Live. And, you know, say what you want about 205 Live. I love that era because of how Neville just had such a stranglehold on the division as its top boss. 
yung uh, man that gravity forgot gimmick that was his thing in the indies uh in dragon gate before he got signed to nxt and then as you mentioned uh when he turned heel and became king of the cruiserweights and eventually the bastard pack parang it just set off something in him that uh, i think ended up i think it was, i think it was because of him being jaded with how he was being booked on the roster i don't know i that that is entirely projection on my end but yeah he doesn't really, do interviews a whole lot so yeah, tayong alam. but it really works and he's he's stuck to it since becoming cruiserweight champion right so uh you can say that uh this particular gimmick really saved his career i think you can really say that for real and uh helped him get even more over in another company so I like that he was pretty much uh, the final boss of the cruiserweights. Although it doesn't quite translate to how he is in AEW, he's not like the big fish in a small pond over there, but he is still pretty serious. Uh, it gives him a lot more legitimacy, I think, than if he ever came to the main roster of AEW as just the man that Gravity forgot with the weird cape. In Neville's case, it's like Zayn. So, Paganda yung booking niya from NXT and then when he got called up to the main roster, parang hindi siya sineseryoso masyado. He, he became a comedy act. Na, uh, naalala ko nga nung parang sinabi, he's like Mighty Mouse. Parang yun yung sinasabi nila. And then by the time na he got injured niya, and then he became the king of the cruiserweights, parang mas sineseryoso na siya and mas maganda yung booking niya. And that is the only time legitimately na nagustuhan ko siya even better than his NXT run. So when he was terrorizing the cruiserweight division, I, I thought he will be having young Roman Reigns type of booking that he would ha- hold hostage of the cruiserweight t- title for like 700 days and more. Almost. No, it was we, quite almost there, yeah. I uh, I agree with all your points. To me, because Neville, more than the character, has always been a physical specimen. Uh, he, the incredible feats of agility, the fact that he can... Uh, pull off the the red arrow or uh, what's it called now the black, black arrow. arrow. It was just amazing to me. So every time I watch Neville, I am always in awe. That was the one thing I looked forward to during their uh, visit in 2016. Beyond, yeah, I yep. think that was yep. 2016. So I was always in awe of what this man can do. However, this character just elevates that ability because a physical skill can only get you so far. I mean, just look at Ricochet. Nagkakasiling siya so early in his career. But with Neville, they were able to give him a character or he was able to work out a character that people immediately uh, gravitate towards or away from. They are they are attached to him, whether he's a face, and especially when he turned heel. Kasi it was such a, a menacing presence in the cruiserweight division. I think what I liked most about Neville's turn is that he became a human being to me. Like, the man that Gravity forgot comes across as a cartoon character or a comic book superhero. Whereas when he became king of the cruiserweights, yeah, okay, so we have elements of like this being a TV trope or whatever, but he became human. Even his offense, yes, he, uh, he actually stopped doing the red arrow right, in WWE as a heel. And he shifted to the rings of Saturn. So like he was really out to hurt people, to injure people, 
which I loved. Um, the Rings of Saturn is my favorite submission now because of Neville. And now that he's in AEW, he does the Black Arrow now, yes, but the Brutalizer is still there, which is a great reminder now he's not just some stereotypical high flyer. He can beat you and wear you down so many different ways. So that's what I appreciated about this entire turn from Neville. I gotta agree with you there. Na nagustong ko rin yung Rings of Saturn because of Neville. Because when Batista did that move, he called it Batista Bite. It doesn't look as um, impactful as Neville did it. Etong kay Neville talaga, parang gusto niya talaga patayin yung kalaban niya. Yeah. So uh, props to to Pac for uh, putting in all of that effort into the Brutalizer or the Rings of Saturn. Moving down the list, we're gonna go to something that happened in 2004 when. The former Bradshaw became John Bradshaw Layfield and literally went from mid-card tag team act to WWE champion for 280 days. And uh, Chino, I don't know about you, because I was really just coming into wrestling during this time. I barely knew of Bradshaw, but yeah. uh, when he became JBL and he went up against my hero, Eddie Guerrero, I really hated the guy. And yeah, no, he was a cowboy. Derek Cowboy, cowboy hat. Yeah. His whole thing during his Bradshaw run was that he had a branding iron that he'd stick into people to sort of quote unquote brand them. So Parma even letter B after he beats you with a clothesline or, okay. or whatever. I can't even remember his finisher then. Yeah, so the yun gimmick, from hell. yeah. Right. So so you know gimmick yeah from then. Now when he debuted as John Bradshaw Layfield, that was a touch of pure genius because he represented so much of that era. This was in the early 2000s when you had conservatives from the South taking over the United States. And he was the perfect representation from that of that because he himself was a conservative from the South. But he is also a very brilliant mind. And the cowboy character just didn't do it justice. He's very well-spoken. He's also very well-educated. And to just portray him as a mindless bruiser just didn't do it well. Whereas with JBL, he has it adds a touch of sophistication that still makes you hate him. It, in fact, it, it makes you hate him even more Kasi mayabang kupal siya. So that whole JBL gimmick just really saved his career a lot. Yeah. Um, before, I just wanted to add, um, before that, uh, before he turned into JBL, he was just Bradshaw of the APA. And then if it weren't for Farouk retiring in 2004, uh, then he would have never had the opportunity to become JBL. I think he was also kind of dead in the water uh, without Farouk. So... Uh, with the heel turn came a gimmick change as well that really worked for him because um, it was the spark that he needed. It was a, uh, it was a kind of gimmick that really left a lot of people to sink their teeth into. Because say um, rich guy, million dollar man, right? So uh, a lot of those things uh, end up resonating with a self-made man that uh, is a believable main event. Even though uh, not many people saw the Bradshaw character as a main eventer, but he made it work. Um, I think, again, it's one of those things that when Vince McMahon really pours effort into um, what you do and the character you're portraying, he ends up making something nice. And yeah, it's one of his strokes of genius that he turned Bradshaw's, uh, John Layfield's real life investing into something that they can work with on screen. So good on Bradshaw for that. And he'll always be known as JBL. 
sayang lang that it was also kind of the tail end of his career. He had been going for quite a while. Yeah. So um, it didn't take him long after the original WWE Championship run for him to wind down and get out of active competition. I would say, and I would rather that someone like JBL would have that uh, late career stretch at the top rather than not have it at all. By the fact that this heel turn actually allowed him to grab that proverbial brass ring and get to the top of the wrestling business um, as a, I, I guess, a twisted version of himself. What I remember about his presentation then was I really love how they integrated the footage now from the Fox business shows. They actually put that in there because to me it was like, wow, this this wrestler and a cowboy. Basagulero, beer drinker, is also a business analyst on Fox. Uh, you know, at the time, obviously, I didn't know yung um, conservative leanings of the Fox network, but just the fact that this guy was doing this on a news network was a big deal. And uh, I, I would later learn that the JBL character was also very much inspired by an iconic TV villain uh, in J.R. Ewing from Dallas. So that long-running uh, teleserie in the States, uh, that J.R. Ewing character, an iconic villain, uh, was Basically, the inspiration then for JBL. So that's the reason why it really connected with so many people by the time the JBL character had broken through. Moving on to the rest of our list, let's uh, talk about the only female here that we have, and that's Bailey. So let's set the table. Bailey debuted on the main roster in 2017, and for the next couple of years, she would be the same Bailey that we'd seen on NXT. But this uh, lady who was just happy to be there, uh, like the fan who's living out her dream of being a wrestler, the side ponytail, the inflatable Bailey buddies, uh, the hugger. Um, there were all these things that were just so intrinsic to her character as Bailey. Now, when she turned heel sometime in 2019, uh, she really went off the wall. She killed the Bailey buddies by sticking scissors in them. She cut off her hair. No more ponytail. Wala na rin yung colors. She stuck to basically black and gold. And she changed her music. Ended up becoming the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion. Naging double champ when uh, she and Sasha became the golden role models. And um, fast forward to today, 2022, Bailey's back. Still with the same gimmick, but this time with two new accomplices at her side in EO Sky and Dakota. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi. Yeah, so um, as you guys know, I didn't really like this change at first because I wanted Bailey to stay, uh, stay being, pure. Yeah, stay pure, stay being the baby face. Uh, when you have someone who a lot of the kids relate to, um, you can, it's really hard to uh, let go of that because it's it's the reason why John Cena never turned. It's because um, people were so the kids were so enamored with him, and he was such an inspiration to them. And even though that wasn't his real or it, wasn't his real life character at first he grew into it i was hoping to say the same for bailey and um i kind of respect it now though for bailey because she did mention that she wanted to do something different so okay so good, let's give it a chance and um 
I don't know. I still don't know if it's the best thing for her. I don't know if uh, she is better off now as a character. But I will agree that it did kind of save her. It did make her more relevant. It did make her a lot bigger. Um, it did make her a, a better player in the women's division. So uh, I have to concede and say that, okay, uh, career-wise, okay, it, it all worked out for her. I am with Ro here in saying that I was also a big fan of Bailey's wholesome run. Uh, the side ponytail, the Bailey buttons. I bought into that whole gimmick. I have the shirt. I cheered on Bailey because her character was so pure. In an era of wrestling where females were either maangas or sexy, Bailey was neither. She was just Bailey. And people gravitated to that still. Right? They still cheered on Bailey. She had a fan in Izzy that was part of the whole gimmick. So parang gandang idea nun eh. The purest of light being able to reach the the highest of opportunities. So, but unfortunately, naging stale din yung character. Dumating din sa point na nahirapan tayo as fans to keep cheering Bailey on. And so this change couldn't have come at a better time. I'm still a fan of Bailey, kahit maangas na siya ngayon. Diba? The whole point of this list is to talk about transformations and turns that save careers. I feel like this is also another perfect example because they took away everything that made Bailey Bailey and gave us a brand new product, a, a brand new persona to latch on to. And it still clearly works because when she made the return in SummerSlam, we still popped, we still cheered because Bailey has become bigger than the idea of what Bailey originally started as. So when Bailey uh, debuted on the main roster, decent naman yung booking niya. And tama si Chino, like yung typical uh, idea of a women's wrestler is uh, sexy or maangas. And I actually find, found Bailey weird kaysa maging wholesome. Because parang ang idea ko rin noon is like the same. Like, most of the women's wrestlers are sexy and maangas. So, and, and hindi ko talaga nagustuhan yung Bailey gimmick ever. Like, I, I remember yung parang she is conflicted with using the kendo stick against that match with uh, Alexa Bliss for the women's title. Like, she she has to use it in order to win the title, pero she, she can't uh, use it because parang ayaw niya masaktan si Alexa Bliss. Basta she's conflicted. Kaya when uh, the heel turn happened, it's really uh, refreshing to see na mababago yung character niya. All of the things that we love or you guys love from her, nawala. And parang na reinvent siya. Just like how Chris Jericho would always do. Yeah, uh, Bailey's heel turn was also one of the rare heel turns that happened mid-championship run. So I think the only other uh, turn mid-championship run I can think of uh, is CM Punk during that 434-day reign where he turned heel right in the middle. Uh, si Bailey, she was SmackDown Women's Champion when she turned heel. This was after she cashed in in 2019. And I just love how that long reign of hers, you can actually break that down in segments to map out the entire career arc of uh, this version of Bailey that we all love to hate. Down to the last couple of names on our list. Let's talk about HBK, Shawn Michaels, his original heel turn back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. What happened yung super kick through the barbershop window. That was in 1990, if I'm not mistaken. 
So Chino, as the old head of the pod, this is all yours, bud. Yeah. So HBK, I I I needed to add him to this list because that super kick through the barber shop window during the Mutus the barber beefcake, I saying that five times fast segment in the nineties was one of the most epic heel turns of that era. It signaled the change in direction for Shawn Michaels, right? Before he and he says this in his A and E documentary, he was just a knucklehead that does flips, right? He was just one of the bunch with Marty Janetti and them. And when he did that super kick, turned na nag-iba yung persona. Yeah, in the same way, not that unlike one Dwayne the Rock Johnson, because before he was generic looking, but after HBK threw Janetti through the window and became HBK with Sensational Sherry and, and the rest is history, he was able to just make a name for himself. He did that so well that he coined the phrase Marty Janetti. When people say that, alam na natin kung ano And it's unfortunate for Marty Janetti kasi he was talented in his own right. However, had he not done that, we wouldn't have the rest of the things we remember it we gave for him. We don't have that first L in the Cell match. We don't have the Generation X. We don't have HBK as the trainer in NXT now. We don't have all the things he was able to accomplish because of that career-defining heel turn. Uh, did HBK actually make a phrase or something? Or is that more of something when that the I fans... say coin, When I say coin, it's because of that. That moment coined that phrase. Okay, just okay, okay, just clarify. Well, you know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want so, to put words in HBK's mouth. Yeah, say, as far that, as I know, it's it's a fandom thing. Na parang, okay, yeah, no, what I'm trying to say is because that happened, naging, uh, naging stereotype na siya, which is unfortunate. Sure. Yeah, for tag team breakups. Now diba? there's always the, the HBK yeah. and the Janetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not too familiar because with um with how bad uh HBKs or Shawn Michaels at the time before he was HBK, right? Uh, I didn't know how bad their careers were at the time, so I'm not sure exactly how much the moment saved it. But uh, Chino's right in saying that it did make him. It did make him the heartbreak kid. It did make him the intercontinental champion, a single star that will become the WWF champion. And without that heel turn. Uh, there would be no legend of HBK or of Shawn Michaels. So, uh, really, it's it's not a gimmick change. It was really a moment first before anything, and it goes to show you that a shocking moment like that can, you know, affect your career in a lot of big ways. So, um, I think that set the tone, um, or one of the first moments that set the tone for storytelling. In especially when it comes to tag team wrestling and tag teams in general, yeah, to the point that it's trope na siya yeah, for for better or for worse. Let's round out the list of uh, heel and face turns that saved careers with a face turn, and we're gonna talk about that of Batista. So to set the table here, uh, Batista started off as Deacon Batista over on SmackDown, and then when that uh, didn't pan out the way that anybody wanted, 
he became part of Evolution. Triple H and Ric Flair saw something. These two young bucks in Batista and Randy Orton took them under their wing and basically molded them into future world champions. And the Batista face turn was one that was really a long time coming. Sobrang slow burn niya. Like, uh, he was still firmly a heel when Randy Orton ascended from Evolution and left them. But throughout the rise of Batista towards his own Royal Rumble victory in 2005 and that WrestleMania 21 main event, it was like a foregone conclusion that everyone knew na dun papunta, but there was something about it that felt good paren. Like, the story was actually told very well. Yeah, uh, they really had to... Um... Cultivated, because uh, I don't, I can't remember, I can't quite remember if there was an already an organic groundswell of support for Batista forming at the time, but uh, what I knew is that they did kind of start the whole process first by uh, writing him as a babyface, and then it so happened that he was likable enough for the crowd to get behind him, and. If they didn't do that, then dinatan alam ko saan pupulutin si Batista ngayon, di ba? So he would have likely been just an enforcer for the rest of, or for a bigger part of his career. Maybe they wouldn't have, um, they wouldn't have done something with him. Maybe they would have just discarded him, like say uh, Eric Rowan of the Wyatt family, di ba? It's just something that they really put effort into. And if they didn't, we wouldn't have gotten this big main eventer Batista and we wouldn't have gotten movie star David Bautista and uh, everything that came with it. So uh, not, I don't think it saved his career, but it really took it to the next level. And again, they could have not done that at all. They could have just ignored it completely. I want, I want to touch on something you said, Ro. Now, without uh, main event run ni Batista, he wouldn't have become Hollywood A-lister Dave Batista, which I guess I kind of agree with. But who's to say na if he doesn't get this face turn, doesn't get this 2005 main event run, what if he, it just extends his in-ring career? Like, in, uh, instead of him going to Hollywood, like, uh, you know, he extends his in-ring career and maybe he still becomes a Hollywood actor at some point. I don't know. I mean, when that happens, and just jump in here, if and when that, if it did happen, I don't think Dave, uh, buying Dave here is the type of guy to uh, to stay a, a WWE wrestler for raw. I for long. Say, I don't go, and I, I'm basing this off of different interviews I've heard of him. He has always wanted to be that transcendent star, kind of like how. The Rock and Hogan were or are, parang he wanted to be that next guy, and when they gave him the ball, it was success. It was a successful pass. Because a lot of people have been primed for that position and weren't able to handle the pressure. With Dave, I feel like even if he didn't have the WWE, he would still find a way into Hollywood. One way or, or another, it just so happened that the na yung wrestling sa kanya. I don't think you become a movie star if you don't become a big name in wrestling. Parang it's possible, but I don't think they would have given him that same chance. So I don't know. Um, if would it extend his career? Maybe yes. Uh, he would probably if they didn't give him a chance to become a uh, main eventer, they would have just made him a mid card mainstay, which. Nobody would have liked, probably. I don't know. 
I've been watching the Ruthless Aggression uh, episodes of Raw lately. Even the SmackDown ones when he moved to SmackDown. Nagustuhan ko yung babyface run niya. Like, actually, before he betrayed Triple H. Kasi unang-una, he was being manipulated by Triple H. And he, uh, the bear is being poked, kumbaga. And tama lang na lumaban siya. And which, it actually saved his career and made him the biggest star in the WWE that time. However, even if I appreciate his babyface run during that time, or babyface turn, I, I would also like to acknowledge yung heel turn niya with uh, Rey Mysterio. I also like that. Kasi watching, again, watching the Ruthless Aggression era, uh, nag- Na, nakakasawa din yung babyface run niya kasi parang he, he would always arrive and then beat up his opponent and then mananalo siya. It's like the same pattern over and over again. Pero when he he kept losing na rin uh, around the PG era, I think. Tapos uh, he, he eventually turned heel. He started dressing up uh, differently. Parang Jericho style din na the way he turned heel. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with that. Yeah, uh, yung, uh, th- that's actually part of my blind spot in wrestling. I just remember na when you brought up that it did get stale, that he did keep winning. Uh, it was unfortunate that he got injured uh, 282 days into his World Championship run. He had to vacate the World Heavyweight Championship. But if he didn't get injured, I think he would have continued to become a dominant face champion up until the next year's WrestleMania. And who knows if he would have uh, gone the same way as John Cena. Hopefully, he I- did. I mean, to be fair to Pang Dave here, uh, he started his wrestling career pretty late in his life. Right? Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, He yeah. was almost 40 when he became world champion, and he's a little older now. Had just had his last match a few years ago. So, so the longevity of a wrestler gets shorter the older you are. Because it's easier to Yeah, so Although good somebody, friend that he maximized it. Right? So it's great that he maximized it. Uh, one last thing on Batista and the original face turn that we uh, really meant to include on this list. That formula was so successful, it became the basically the mold for MJF Wardlow. And I'm not sure if there were any other stories in the past that uh, that mirrored itong arc of former enforcer turned babyface superstar. But basically, uh, it, it's a tried and tested formula which MJF and Wardlow most recently recreated on AEW. I think uh, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash. Yeah, uh, yun, yeah. Sabihin ko, if you really uh, want to turn back the clock, HBK and Diesel were, were the first ones to do it. Kevin Nash debuted as after a failed run as Vinny Vegas on WCW. Dumating siya as Diesel and at debuting to that the sound of a, tra- a truck. That's when he was a made man. You know? So before that, nobody really cared for Kevin Nash. I'm not sure if there was any other storyline that mirrored it after Batista and Triple H did it. Because ang nisipulan talaga MJF Wardlow. Eh. Meron ba in the interim? Uh, I'm sure marami, but none of them were as successful as those uh, examples yeah. we're thinking of. Yeah. So there. That's gonna round out the list here of the heel and face turns that saved careers, re-energized careers, revitalized them, gave them a new uh, new set of legs to stand on. Uh, what do you think? Did you like it? Did you feel like we missed on certain names, certain characters? Let us know. You can always hit us up on Twitter and on TikTok at Wrestling2XPod. Before we get out of here, though, let's tell you about one more way you can support the podcast through your online shopping, and that is over on Shopee. 
Yep. Um, by the time you hear this, uh, I think the payday sale is going to be over, but you can still get the things that you like from Shopee as well and support the podcast in the process. All you got to do is use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash W9X, podlink.co slash letter W, the number nine and letter X. Type that in your mobile browser at the cart and check out from the app. And what you buy will also help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost. As we wind down here, we want to remind you again that we have our weekly live streams on Thursday at 7 p.m. That's on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod or, or over on Facebook.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. That's where we break down the week in wrestling and just hang out with everybody at our favorite watering hole here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. If you want to chat with us about wrestling on social media, you know where to find us. It is at Monday Night Rowan, at Chino Supersized, at Rowis War, and at underscore Stan. Thank you so much to our friends over at PNA for putting these episodes together. And one last reminder as we go, please keep your masks on and get your vaccines and your boosters if and when you can. Stay safe, everyone. On behalf of Ro Moran, Chino Liao, and Rowan ASH, my name is Stan C. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.